Hey everyone, welcome to Dreadnought Mondays. Thanks for taking the time to tune in via YouTube or um, Audible, whatever you're listening to this on. Um, today we are joined by Matthew Ebel. Matthew, thank you for taking the time to be here. I appreciate it. Um, if you wouldn't mind, take a minute to introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and what you're about. Well, I mean, how much time do you got? Because I can talk forever. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Seriously, thank you for having me on the show. Um, uh, as uh, Kenny mentioned, my name is Matthew Ebel, and uh, I am also known as Avian Invasion. Uh, I make progressive house music. Uh, for those that don't know what that is, I basically make thumping noises that people can dance to. That's largely what I do. Uh, I have been a musician my entire life, uh, starting out in uh, Christian pop. We don't talk about that. Uh, going into piano rock, I worked the Nashville country scene for a while. And uh, just in the last few years now, I have found I've been I've been reborn, rebuilt, stronger, faster and thumpier. Uh, in the form of a, a dance music artist. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all there is to know, uh, other than the fact that I am completely and totally enamored with birds to the point where I masquerade as a half man, half robot, half bird when I perform. And yes, that's I know that's uh, three halves, but you deserve 150%. There you go. <laughs> I like that. You know, always uh, on the optimistic. Uh, yeah, you get a little bonus bird, you know. That's right. So, so what got you into music? Well, uh, like you know, I, I, I've, I've always been been uh, playing with the uh, playing around with the the piano. You know, since since I was tall enough to reach the keys of the piano that my my parents had in the house, and nobody in the house really played piano. I don't even know where they got that piano from, uh, but like they. My, my parents were musical. They liked to sing. My dad could play guitar. My mom played the auto harp. For those of you who are old enough to remember, you know, I instruments that nobody's seen since the 60s. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I took 20 years or more of piano lessons, you know, Rachmaninoff, Bach, you know, that kind of stuff. And it wasn't really, wasn't, you know, getting later on in years, like junior high, high school, that kind of thing, wasn't really speaking to me, the concert piano thing. Uh, so I was torn between uh, going into, this is like the, the late 90s, torn between going into uh, computer science, like programming, because I'm a consummate nerd. I dress up as a bird on stage. If you couldn't figure out I'm a nerd by now, then you haven't been paying attention. Um, but uh, uh, torn between going into computer science stuff making video games, that sort of thing, or music. And I was kind of on the fence between the two. And two things happened. Um, one, uh, a video game that I was working on in uh, junior high, uh, I had not made backups and something crashed in the middle of saving and like weeks and weeks worth of effort just, just went away. And... You know, it's entirely my fault for not having good backup procedure, but I was 12. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure you can forgive me for that. Um, and I think in the same week, our choir director, a guy named Sean Wright, uh, the, the procedure whenever we did a show was like after, after doing a concert, the next day in class was basically just do whatever, you know, play cards, you know, bring board games, do some studying, you know, whatever, read a book, whatever you want to do. Basically just gave us the day off. This day, uh, 
it was one of those days. He he brought in a little box and he plugged his guitar into it. And he started playing the piano and the bird chirp and the helicopter noise and you know the all those those general MIDI sounds. Uh it, it was just basically just like an early like pitch to MIDI converter and the he was he was controlling this little electronic sound box with his electric guitar just to show us some some cool you know relatively new music technology and all the other kids are like oh that's pretty neat and meanwhile i'm over there in the tenor section just it's absolutely i suppose this is sort of an audio show too i should explain what my facial expression was my jaw hit the floor like i was flabbergasted and i asked him because my parents had just got a a digital piano because they were sick of paying to have pianos tuned Actually, they were probably sick of hearing me practicing because there is uh, no no more uh, 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 special level of hell than listening to a child learn how to play an instrument. <laughs> um, yes. So they got me something I could plug headphones into. But um, uh, uh, I, I asked my teacher, like, can I borrow this? Because I have a digital thing and it has the MIDI jacks on it. And he said, sure, just bring it back in a few days. Like this is, you know, a, a junior high choir teacher just letting one of his idiot students just take home a, a, that this is like a $300 piece of hardware, you know, like your phone has more power than this thing does now. But the this this thing was not a cheap piece of hardware. It is like, yeah, take it. I trust you. Bring it back in a few days. Um, and as soon as I started playing drums on my piano at home, I, I was sold my my life. Uh, immediately took a down downward spiral into actually getting a music degree and making it my career. So, it, and I, I've never been the same since. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome when you when you find that uh, that calling, that purpose, and it like clicks. Yeah, I mean, like I always I always knew I was into making music, and I had been writing songs and stuff at the time, but it wasn't really like the like that. Like I said, like I was torn between, you know, making computer games or something like that and going into music and that combination of technology and art, it scratches the left side of my brain and the right side of my brain at the same time. You know, you get that nice, like technological procedural uh, programming stuff. And at the same time, I'm making music as an art form. It's like it's it, it, it tickles the whole brain and it it. it it's been tickling me ever since. That's awesome. Um, I want to touch on you. You mentioned that, uh, you know, like many parents, I'm sure my parents are the same way when you're practicing how, how thrilled they are to have you. <laughs> thrilled. That's a word. At least I didn't learn violin. Wait, so you said your parents are the same. Do you, do you play an instrument? I, I used to practice the piano and I took violin in elementary school. Stuff. Ooh. Ooh, elementary school violin is the, the worst. And so my my dad would have to go help this person, or yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't they don't make like like at the very least with with a piano. Uh, once the headphones are plugged in, a, a digital piano. Once the headphones are plugged in, all you hear is the thumping of the keys, and like, okay, I can deal with that. But like, man, uh, I they made us learn how to play um, uh, an instrument that was not our primary instrument when I was getting my music degree, and you know, I'm an adult at that point, you know, 19, 20, 21, I don't forget what year this was in college, but uh, they, they made us, you know, just pick an instrument. Like, here you go. Here's the orchestra. 
the orchestra pit pick something and i think i went for the viola and it sounded like i was doing terrible unspeakable things to an alley cat for an entire semester like i you know i can't fathom being like an eight-year-old or sorry having an eight-year-old and at the same time they're trying to just learn like coordination you know basic coordination like don't fall over having to actually like like listen to them practicing twinkle twinkle little star over and over and over and over and over and over again oh goodness yeah exactly so so now the being a parent myself i'm like how did you do it how yeah. still alive kind of thing <laughs> parents ask me this all the time you know when when uh when i talk to them they're like i i want to get my i want my my child to learn a musical instrument what would you recommend and i tell them start with the piano uh, not just because I'm biased, because I'm a I'm a piano player, um, but because like you, you can plug in headphones, and also if they ever do get serious, I don't want to say the piano is like the default instrument, but you know if if you meet a, somebody who's a professional musician, chances are they play their instrument and also piano. You know, like in college you had to take a piano proficiency class, unless you were a piano player, because you could just breeze right through that. Like they may like they make everybody learn how to have a basic competency at piano. So I I usually recommend parents go for go for the piano, but largely so that the parents don't get tired of of it, and you know, and maybe the kid will have a chance of actually getting better. <laughs> how was it when um like with your parents and stuff, and you're sitting on the edge, and um you're not sure exactly what side of the fence you wanted to go on, you know um. How's it going through that and developing that thing, you know, not quitting and pushing through and to become where you are now? Uh, I, you know, I, I wish I could articulate that. Like it's, it's, it's difficult. Like, I mean, once, once you get to a certain age and having, having been doing music for so long, you realize that like, I'm not really good at anything else. So I didn't, <laughs> it might just be a lack of other options in my life. I don't know. Um, which I know that's not true, but, uh, uh, the, the, you know, like I, I, it's, it's difficult to say cause it, it ebbs and flows like, like all, uh, art forms, like some days it's like it's some days it's a chore. Some days you're going through the motion. Some days you're just making procedurally generated something just to make, make the art happen. And it feels uninspired and forced. Um, and then some days there's that spark and, I really couldn't tell you what buoys me from spark to spark to keep me going. Uh, like uh, if, if I could explain that, I would probably be selling books and making a fortune right now. You know, there you go. Book coming out. <laughs> I mean, something I, I imagine uh, um, always being curious and always wanting to learn helps because there's always something to learn in, in any art, uh, uh, any art that you're involved in, you know. I love that, and um, because even if it's not like art, like painting or music or whatever, it's it's still an art. Yeah, and I love how you said that because you know even people that are have been in the profession for sixty years are still learning, and they're exploring and stuff, and there's so many different branches and niches they can go into. Oh yeah. I mean, just just within the the like, I, I got into dance music because I had sort of lost that spark, and 
the way that I I describe it in my bio is that like the the birds found me and uh, as a broken man and reassembled me again. Um, what really it was, I had finally rediscovered what got me into music in the first place, which was that marriage of technology and art. I had been doing piano rock for, you know, like the Ben Folds kind of thing for like 15 years. And it was just, it had just become passionless for me. Uh, you know, like I sit there in front of, uh, the dreaded blank page that every, every writer and every artist has to face every time they start something new. Like I would sit there in front of an empty, uh, uh, you know, uh, recording session and have absolutely no clue what to do with myself, but getting into dance music, which is, you know, electronic music, which is heavily technologically based. It's a lot of sound design. You're making your own instruments in many cases, like it's as much an exploration of uh, the the technology and plugins and wave shaping and all this this cool uh, sound design stuff as it is composition and lyric writing and so I had so much like all this uneaten grass that I could go graze on at that point you know like areas areas that I had had not yet even considered exploring and I've become a much better engineer and producer and I think even songwriter because of the uh, uh, the, the, the greener pastures that I had, I had jumped to, you know, something that, uh, you know, was said, but not spoken just there is that, you know, no matter, and everybody knows this, no matter what industry, there's always going to be that lull, that oh, yeah. slum, you know, and, and how important, but how awesome at the same time it is that you can find those different areas, you know, you don't always have to do this exact thing you can branch over here a little bit and kind of feed back and forth to each other and keep that passion that fire burning like you said yeah and this is why like in in civilized nations uh they give you like uh, they actually schedule in room for like a hiatus or a sabbatical uh you know like somewhere when you when you start to get into your 40s you know, like uh, uh, a lot of people in in uh, you know, countries with decent labor markets, anyway, um, will uh, be able to just go and go on, basically go on like a spirit quest for a bit and come back. You know, like take up take up some other hobby or learn some other skill or or try and rekindle that passion on their own. Uh, like it's it's natural to have an ebb and flow to your 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 career and your passions. Uh, especially once you turn those passions into a business, because that's usually the, the number one passion killer right there. Uh, I used to uh, live with a guy who is an amazing chef. Like he, he, can, he can improvise in the kitchen the way I can improvise uh, on the piano. Uh, like I can follow a recipe. I'm a good cook. This guy's a chef. And... I, you can basically say like, okay, we got some chicken breasts and here's what's in, in the cabinetry. And he will concoct something from scratch that is like a five-star meal. And I'm like, why do you not, why are you still working this day job instead of opening a restaurant? And his response was, because I still want to enjoy cooking. Like, I can get behind that. <laughs> you know, turning something into a business might actually kill your love for it if you're not careful and it's come very close with with me and a lot of other musicians i know frequently you know oh yeah absolutely i i've seen that quite a bit all the time too 
<laughs> lots of industries and stuff. Um, <clears throat> you have a show yourself, uh, Early Bird Breakfast. Yes. You this mentioned is, that in the email. Yeah, the whole right, the ahead. whole point of the the Dread No Mondays uh, thing here. Uh, I actually have three shows because I you know I, I need more complexity in my week. Um, <laughs> uh, like, you know, the, like, so I've been, you know, most people, uh, uh, understand that like DJs, musicians and whatnot in the last year and a half, they've all had to migrate to streaming concerts because of the plague. And, um, in my case, I've been streaming since 2007, uh, when Brad Hunstable over at Ustream, uh, and I met at the new media expo down in Ontario, California, and, uh, he made me like one of the featured streamers at a time when nobody was doing that. Uh, nobody was streaming like the the con the very concept of being live on the internet, just like you know, at thirty frames a second in this little bitty window. Granted, but uh, uh, like nobody was doing that. This was brand new technology in twenty oh seven, and I basically started doing little you know concerts from like my bedroom studio and then eventually my living room studio and then my actual studio and then the coffee bunker and now i have the crate which is behind me here um for uh, yeah for wow that's a long time now what like 14 14 years um most of those are evening shows because that's when you know people tune in whatnot but i realized uh since i've been like i've been self-unemployed since 2007. So one of the traps that you can fall into when you are self-employed, especially as an artist, is not having any kind of a schedule, which is sounds liberating, sounds free and glorious and wonderful. It is, but it's so easy to hit the snooze button a lot because you don't have to be at an office. You don't have a boss to answer to. Like, ah, I can just start my day later and work later. Then you find yourself getting out of bed at 10, 10.30, 11 a.m., <laughs> you know, working till 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, at some point, you become uh, a troll, and all of your friends are daywalkers. You know, like, the, like all, of the, all of your normal friends who have day jobs, you just don't see them anymore because you are working when they have their time off. Um, my boyfriend works a normal 9 to 5. Sorry, my fiancé. I get to say that now. Uh, my fiance, my fiance works a normal uh, nine to five job. So trying to line up with that, especially after so many years of just getting up, you know, with no alarm clock, whenever I feel like it, it's rough. And it, it's, I found that it, it also feeds a depression. It feeds, it, it's like a self, uh, 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 self dooming cycle, I guess. I'm not sure. Like it's a detrimental cycle, a vicious cycle. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, uh, you you get up later, and yet you also want to be social with your friends who have normal jobs. So you're, the time that you allot for actually working gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Like, why am I not getting anything done? Why am I not getting anything done? What? How is it Friday already? You know, you say dread no Mondays. I dread Fridays. Like, holy crap! How did an entire week go by? It's is it not February anymore? Like that starts happening pretty quickly. So one of the things that I decided to do. Uh, upon, you know, uh, moving here into uh, this house that I'm in now was do an 8 a.m. DJ set. Now, it's it's deep house. It's stuff that people can listen to during their workday. 
there's no talking or, you know, like my evening shows, there's, I'm doing shots. People are, you know, shutting down my wings so that I have to DJ one handed, you know, uh, busting out the keytar, doing live vocals, that kind of stuff. The 8 a.m. show is a little different. <laughs> it's a little more sedate. It's a little more backgroundy while you're working your crappy accountant job, uh, you know, try and, and trying to just hold it together to not kill your boss by the end of the day because it's Friday and you've had enough. Um, and I've found that it's, it's done wonders for me. I had dreaded doing this and I don't know why I decided to, to make it 8 a.m., like like you know downbeat at 8 a.m which like for years i had not seen 8 a.m you know self-employed musician like i you know the the alarm clock is set for 8 a.m maybe like on a good day usually i was getting out of bed at the crack of 10. so i did this as sort of a kick in my own butt to get myself to, to jolt myself into something resembling a regular schedule and it made me no longer loathe. First of all, it made me no longer loathe getting up early because now, now that I do it every week, at the very least every week, not every day, I don't get up that early every day, but at the very least once a week, I know that I have to, to get out of bed for like a normal job schedule. And uh, I've found that because not many people are doing a stream, uh, a music stream that early in the morning, a lot of people have come to me just like, thank you. This is exactly what I need. You know, I put you on in background at work because it's not, you know, interruptive. It's not it's not in your face kind of music. It's 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 deep house or organic house, um, you know, very chill kind of stuff. And yet I can keep the, the chat on my phone while I'm working uh, and interact with you and with the other people watching. Uh, while I'm supposed to be working. And like a lot of people have told me it's actually helped them uh, make it through the, the you know, like push that, that little extra bit to make it through to the end of the week. And then the weekend arrives, you know, like it's, it's, it's been therapeutic for me and for apparently my audience. And I didn't expect that it would be as big of a help to them. Like I figured it would just be, it would just be my excuse to, to, to try and kick my, my schedule back into something resembling normal human work week. But uh, I guess that actually seems to be holding some other people together, especially in the, these COVIDly times when there's not a whole lot of interpersonal interaction anyway, you know? The people in my <laughs> chat are always uh, uh, chatting with each other, whether or not I'm, I'm able to pay attention to it while I'm, while I'm mixing. So there, it's, it's sort of like a little, like a breakfast meeting, you know? become rather nice that's awesome isn't it isn't it nice when people come up to you like that you know especially when you're thinking, <clears throat> excuse me like i know sometimes on my show here i'm like does anybody even watch this <laughs> there's a lot of that on? you know but then then all of a sudden you know this is what i really needed to hear today kind of thing you're like yeah okay that's what yeah. right there this is i mean that that makes up for the 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 lamentable uh, level of income you get as an indie musician, you know, that like that, I, I, that, that's one of the, the two things that drives me is getting feedback from people who have said like, you, you have kept me from strangling my boss. Uh, you, I, I, I got an, an email after uh, one of my albums came out um, when I was still doing the piano rock thing. And somebody said, 
uh, I had Goodbye Planet Earth on as I was going under for my cancer surgery because it, it kept me, it put me at peace. I'm like, you can't buy that kind of feedback. Like that, that just, I, I, I don't know what other industry you could work in and, and have that kind of effect on people. And I, it, it, it answers the question, why am I doing this? Why am I sitting alone in this windowless padded room making thumping noises day after day? And I'm not famous. I'm not touring the globe. You know, like I'm not a household name like Daft Punk. But why am I doing this? That's why. But getting that feedback from that, it, it's, it's, that feeds my soul in ways that, uh, uh, you know, that, that no amount of money can feed my stomach. Absolutely. You know, and it's, um, part of the reason you started it was to kind of solve that problem of having a quote unquote kind of semi-normal schedule. Yeah. You know, and stuff. So you kind of fulfilled that thing, but it, the bigger thing was what you were doing for the listeners of your show. And that just, um, makes it a whole lot more worth it and stuff. And you're like, most, I can get out of it. Most of the, yeah, exactly. Like that, that absolutely helps. Like knowing, knowing how much, especially having gotten feedback from, from, from some of my, my listeners, uh, and my fan, I, you know, the invasion, I call them, um, the, uh, uh, getting that feedback is enough to get me out of bed. Uh, the only, the only time that I just decided like, no, I'm not doing it was the day after my second COVID shot. And that was a wise decision because <laughs> I was not, I was not getting out of bed for nobody, uh, that day, but yeah, I could take a day off for that. I think they, they understood why. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're like, you don't want me up today. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It was, it was rough. Uh, <laughs> I want to shift a little bit, if you don't mind. You, you, yeah. you, you love birds and your helmet and stuff. What kind of feedback did you first get out of that? And how did you, because I'm sure not all of it was pleasant. Well, I, you, you'd say that, but uh, like in the dance music world, there is uh, some precedent already, you know, see also Daft Punk, uh, Dead Mouse, um, Marshmallow. Uh, they have these, these phenomenal helmets as well. Um, uh, uh, like there's, there's actually a, a few uh, dance music, like, like fairly well-known uh, uh, DJs and producers that have elaborate costuming. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't exactly that far out of the ballpark. Um, the other thing is because of the uh, my my affinity for for uh, uh, you know animals and uh, for birds uh, and the way that I, I present myself now, the a large portion of my um, uh, my fan base is in the furry fandom. Are you familiar with the furries at all? No. Okay, so uh, if you're familiar with like. Uh, you know, the, the sci-fi crowd or like the Star Trek convention crowd, basically the same class of nerds, but these people are into the Lion King or Pokemon or, uh, you know, the Jurassic Park movies, you know, whatever, um, you know, humanoid animal nerds. So, and I've played a lot of conventions, uh, sci-fi conventions, steampunk conventions, comic conventions, you know, gaming conventions, furry conventions, that kind of stuff. Um, so those people tend to be a little more imaginative in the first place. So, you know, getting, I didn't really get any negative feedback and, or even that sort of like, what the hell is this? Um, 
I got a lot of uh, very positive feedback. Uh, it, it helps that the, the the piece itself. Actually, let me bring this up with the camera here. Yeah, do this. Without trailing cables everywhere. So yeah, this is this is my adorable face here, and uh, it is uh, uh, Garuda Workshops uh, made this for me. Uh, and it is a, uh, well, I would say a one of a kind, but I have a backup made because I know what, what touring is like. <laughs> I know how touring can destroy things. Uh, but you know, like in this, in the music business, it is imperative that you have something to differentiate yourself from all the other artists out there as a male singer songwriter. There's not a whole lot going on. You know, I'm just a, Yet another dude on the piano trying to, you know, sell music. But as part man, part robot, part bird, upon looking at me on stage, like, that's different. And when I have, once you have their attention, then you can draw them in with actual talent if you have it. And I hope to God I actually have it. But uh, as I learned in many parent-teacher conferences over, the, over my childhood, uh, I have an affinity for what we call attention getting devices and wearing a giant bird head on stage is probably qualifies as an attention getting device, you know? Absolutely. So I think that's awesome that you, that you have the support there, but something <laughs> that uh, I noticed in what you said is, you know, that uh, you, you embrace kind of who you are. You love animals, you love birds and stuff. and You're not going to like hide that or. Oh Lord. No. Shame that or something because what if what if they don't like it or you yeah know, it's not part of the in crowd kind of thing you know it's it's who you are so I like how you embrace that so it's definitely not for everyone but I've found that like you know if you see um if you see a, 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 a partially robotic bird wielding a keytar uh, at a dance festival uh, most people are downright into that you know <laughs> they seem to. <laughs> They seem to go for it. And I've, I've also noticed in the, especially in, in the trance music and the progressive scene that, uh, that are, th those are the, the dance genres that I uh, associate with. Uh, there's a, a concept called plur, which is peace, love, unity, and respect. And that seems to be a driving force. It's not like, like, you know, it's, it's not all holding hands and singing Kumbaya all the time, obviously. Like no, no human interaction is, is always like that. But the fact that the genres themselves seem to uh, seem to have latched onto the, this concept, peace, love, unity, and respect, when people see something different, when they're already in that sort of mindset and the, the music is putting them into that headspace, when they see something different, the reaction tends to be, that's interesting, instead of, get that freak away from me. So it's... It, it, I've been blessed to be in, in a, a conducive environment as well to display my weirdities as it were. That's awesome. And that, that kind of thing, um, you know, can be, um, used across different, um, genres, occupations and stuff. Cause you know, like you said, uh, a male piano singer songwriter, they're kind of a dime a dozen sort Pretty of. Pretty much, yeah. You know, and and I I'm in the financial industry myself, and oh, you're a you're a financial planner. You're one of those guys, kind of thing. So, 
So, so it's easy to get that uh, pigeonhole cliche, but if you have that, that you know, kind of that uh, mutual respect going on, it makes it a lot easier. You know, whether you do business with them or you're whatever, or they're just friends, it's, it's yeah, makes now, it easier to. Now, again, like knowing your environment is important. If you showed up, you know, to a, a meeting with a client, uh, you know, dressed as a, a, a partially robotic osprey. It might not fit too well. Exactly. Who knows? You could give it a shot. We could, we could, we could try it. You know. <laughs> but, but you know, like you said, knowing knowing your environments, but having you know, having that mutual respect for for one another plays a big impact. Oh yeah. On having that, and you know, um. It helps people also to know that you know they're you're they're not alone, and you know a lot of people you know had the struggles through the pandemic and yeah. don't want to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and yeah. So there's they're not the only one, and there's a whole bunch of people they can. Hey, what? How did you get past this? Or what can you do about this? Or blah 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 blah. So that's awesome. Yeah, at the at the end of every single one of my shows, um, and. You know, on, on the shirts that I sell at avianinvasion.com slash merch. See, sneak that plug in there real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, at the end of every single one of my shows and frequently throughout the shows, uh, I, uh, I reiterate uh, what has basically become a, my, my mantra. It's three parts. You are alive, you are beautiful, and you are not alone. And I think that's important because... You know, as as I mentioned, like I was feeling, you know, like as, as my my interest in piano rock was waning, and my engagement with the art started feeling just like it was just leaving me, draining out of me. It was like I was uh, artistically bleeding to death. Sometimes you need a reminder: you are alive, like you still have time. You're not, you know, unless you're dead. Like you have time to to go in a different direction. You have time to fix something if it needs to be fixed. And no matter how numb you might feel at this particular moment, you are alive. And the second part, you are beautiful. Like, sure, you might have some parts that need to be fixed or touched up. You might have some things that you don't like about yourself. You have time to work on that, but you are beautiful, you know? And... The last part is you are not alone. And especially during the pandemic, uh, that, that became something that I really had to, had to stress over and over and over again, because a lot of people, you know, I'm a social creature, but I'm also, uh, like I said, I've been streaming since 2007. So I'm kind of used to interacting, uh, uh, largely online with a lot of people all the time. I haven't felt that alone. Um, I, I also have a fantastic fiance who is uh, a, a joy to live with you know we 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 get along so so well that we're eventually going to spend the rest of our lives together so um like I, i've been lucky in that respect but i know i have some people who now that they couldn't go to clubs they can't go to festivals they can't go to conventions anymore they can't even eat out anymore and wow that took a massive hit on their on their psyche you know the 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 depression became evident just talking to them in text like it's 
It's difficult to imagine how thick that cloud must be settling over them. Um, but anything that I could do to reiterate, you are not alone. You are absolutely not alone. We are all in this together right now. There are people just like you going through what you're going through, and some of them have their hand on the edge of the cliff pulling upward, and they're taking you with them, but you got to hang on, you know? It's, it's been a rough year and a half, and I'm happy to see that people are getting vaccinated, and it might actually be over soon. I love that. And, you know, to go along with you and not alone, you know, everybody has, has a story to share, share or a message to share. You know, yours is partly through your music and whatever it is, you know, somebody needs to hear that message. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that message is, whatever that talent is. You need to share that talent with others around you. Yeah, like, I felt like like you know, I, I I'm I've not been diagnosed with clinical depression or anything like that. But as as I was falling into that slump, the hole just kept feeling like it was getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And the rebirth, uh, my rebirth as a, a progressive house artist was transformative both both for my career and for my general outlook. I'm a much happier person now because I'm I'm engaged in in ways that, you know, that I I just wasn't previously. I'm I'm stimulated by my art again. And like helping I I want to help spread that feeling as much as I possibly can. And the best way I know how is through music, but you know, doing it with on the the streams day after day, uh, uh, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, doing it through the stream seems to have been uh, uh, pretty effective. <laughs> this is a lot, like I said, there's a lot of people that have been, you know, feeling very isolated. And for uh, a couple of hours every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they feel like they're in a room with a bunch of friends for a bit. And I feel like I'm in a room with a bunch of friends. It's not like I'm doing a concert. It's more like I'm just hanging out with these people. And it is, it has been as much a, uh, a buoy to my psyche and my ability to weather this, uh, this plague upon us, uh, as I hope it is to other people. That's awesome. You know, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Um, one more final question. If people wanted to learn your music and stuff where can they find it you did a plug a second ago but now do the <laughs> it's pretty pretty easy if you just look up avian invasion uh you'll find me anywhere spotify apple music uh you know of course you can go to avianinvasion.com as well uh but yeah you can you can find me anywhere you want to listen to music uh and of course i do three shows a week uh monday and wednesdays I do a progressive house and a trance show at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And uh, again, Friday morning with a big old carafe of coffee. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, when I'm when I am the bird, you can't see the bags under my eyes because I've just got the one big, you know, big view portal. Uh, but 8 a.m. Monday mornings, Pacific time, I do the the deep house early bird breakfast. And all of that is at avianinvasion.com slash live. And if you do happen to drop in into the uh, the chat room, say hi and let me know that you you came from the the Dread No Mondays show because I'm I'm always interested to see where people are coming from. Yeah, it's it's awesome where we find find connections and get introduced to 
different people. Yeah. And that's that's one of the going back to those fulfillment things, you know, that's one of the, my favorite things about doing the show is the connections that I make and people that meet and oh hey, let me introduce you to so I love it. And we'll drop that website in the, the comments with this. So uh, I go check it out and um I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to be here and thank you everyone for tuning in and please reach out. Let us know how we can help you. Dread no Mondays. Thank you.